Welcome to the School Selector Podcast, the podcast that helps you find the perfect school for your child. Today we're visiting the International Sharing School in Lisbon, Portugal. So sit back and relax and let's get to it. So Miguel, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm Miguel, I'm a CEO of, of International Sharing Schools. Um, I also manage and, and run other, other businesses, other family businesses. Uh, and currently I am running the full operations in International Sharing Schools. Wonderful. And tell us a bit about the school. Give us a quick introduction. So in a, in a very quick introduction, we are an international school, full K-12 school, fully IB authorized. We start even, even younger. We start um, from four months old babies and go all the way until wow. the program. Uh, so we do everything that's pre-university. Uh, we, we, it's, it's <laughs> Fantastic. And where's the school located? Uh, yeah. Where can we find it? We are in a Irish. Uh, Oeiras municipality is, is a municipality in, in Lisbon district and in the, in the capital of Portugal. Um, yes, yeah, halfway between Lisbon and Cascais, a super convenient location. And we are inside the business and technology uh, park here. Fantastic. Um, and provide us with a quick overview of the kind of facilities that the school um, enjoys. Yeah, so currently we have uh, uh, two buildings in our school, one for... Um, junior school the other one for senior school so one building goes up to grade five the other one six to twelve um, and then we have big green areas around the school uh, we acquired a, a plot a couple months ago seventy-one thousand square meters where we are developing this some more for some more outdoor experiences or well, we have sports gym and we have some outdoor sports facilities as well basketball courts we have our own skate park which is also popular in our school. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, they, they, basically, these are the facilities that we, that we enjoy here in Oeiras. Learn about the things that this school values. So, Miguel, tell us a little bit about the school's mission. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we, we, our, our mission, we are working to, to create long, li- lifelong learners. We want the people to, to learn, to learn today to learn forever everybody in the community so even from from the board to, to the to the students to the parents and the teachers everybody is part of the learning process uh, of international sharing school and our our goal our mission is to is to develop this with um, the enjoyment of of the community so we want everybody to to enjoy their time here in school whether you are here for a couple months uh, as an expat family, whether you are here to stay five to ten years, we want to, these years to be memorable and, and to be a good experience, an enriching experience, growing academically, but also growing personally and having a lot of fun on the way. Fantastic. And what does your school excel at, do you think? What are you really good at? Well, um there are there are some things which where which is our areas of focus let's say and so we have three three areas which are the academics the the sports part and then also the arts performing arts part um a little bit in line with what all schools are with what all schools want high academic results uh, students involved in sports activities performing well and students also doing art projects standing out and, and so on but there's something extra 
that that we put on top of it, which is this this family feeling that that is very unique to our school. Our school is is family based, family owned, family run. It's being designed by the family for families as well. And so this is something that is very very unique about our school. That's wonderful. And and what does that mean that that family uh, focus for you concretely? Um, obviously, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, you're working with members of your family but but what does it mean for other families who are coming to you well so we i, I come from a big family uh, and so uh, me and my family we know what it is like to to, to have a big family to have uh, to share this different attention and responsibilities between between everybody and we know uh, how challenging it is to be a family and have the, the all the life happening on at the same time sure. Working, school, kids, all of all of this. And so what we do is we try to make it easier for everybody. We try to make it easier for the kids. We make it easier for the parents as well, for the families. Moving to Portugal, settling into the school, um, integrating in our our community, which is which is quite strong and helps a lot in this. And so yeah, when when we say that the school has been is designed for families, so it's been designed and and our processes and everything um, has been designed in a way to let's make this experience as enjoyable and also easier as possible. It doesn't have to be hard. Wonderful. And what current strategic objectives does the school have? What are you looking forward to in the next three years? So uh, we are, uh, we have been growing uh, over the last couple of years. We have reached a, a very high occupancy of the school right now. And so uh, our focus is not at the moment to to enroll more. Um, well, it, it is to enroll more students, but not to grow in the number of students. So sure. basically, we need to fill in the, the 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 rotation that we have of students every year. Uh, but our 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 goal and my goal in the board is to drive the the uh, strategy of the school, developing other type of facilities. As I as I mentioned on the on our green plot, um, developing all of that, expanding the school, so not for next year or the year after, but in, in four years, we should have another, we should be having another another building and also looking into setting up some boarding um, structure for, uh, for international students that are coming, but without their families. Right, wonderful. And, and let's talk a little bit about accreditations now. You mentioned that you're an IB school. Are you accredited for all three programs? Exactly. We are a continuum IB world school. So we run uh, PYP, MYP and uh, DP. So our PYP starts on three years old students. And do you have any other memberships or authorizations that parents should know about? Yeah. Currently, we have um, we also have a Pearson uh, edXL uh, authorization. So we are also uh, authorized to teach uh, the, the uh, British curriculum and to run the IGCSEs and, and A-levels. Although we, we are not doing that, we are focused on, 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 on running full IB, but still we have this option. We have used it in the past uh, for students who needed a little improvement on a grade and so on. And so we have used uh, this. It's a, it's a nice to have. Find out about the people who make up this community. So let's talk about the people who make up your school right now. Maybe kick off with the leadership team, the school's leadership team. What does that look like? 
Yeah, so so we have we have a, a maybe a little bit of an unusual structure in in, in our school. Um, we we start with our board, and so we we try for that. Um, we want our organization to be as flat as as possible. Obviously, with some level of of of, uh, of authority and, and hierarchy, but we sure. tend to be flatter uh, rather than than a vertical. Uh, thing, but we uh, we have our board, our our board of administration, which is me and two of my brothers. Uh, then we have the academic leadership team, um, and between us, the board and the academic leadership team, we have a consultant who works with us uh, full time here in school, coordinating. Right. And then the academic leadership team, what we have basically is one head of school per program. So we have one head of school for um, PYP, one for MYP, and one for DP. Under them. Each program has its uh, department, so like a math department, science, art, and these departments have uh, department leaders, which are teachers uh, in school as well. So this is the this is the structure that we that we work on. Okay, and you talked about teachers. Uh, tell us a bit more about where your teachers come from, uh, the size of your faculty, those kind of things. So we have um, 170 uh, people working here in our school, and not all of them. Uh, our, our, our teachers, um, our teaching um, community comes from around 30 different countries. Uh, some of them native English speakers, uh, others n not uh, mother tongue English, but all perfectly proficient in, in English. Right. Okay. And, and um, how long do they stay at the school on average? Well, we we've, we have a very high retention uh, rate on, 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 on the teachers, and, and this is something that we are very happy uh, about. Um, usually, I mean, we have most of the teachers uh, that we have in our schools have started with us uh, four years ago, around four years ago. Um, and then others just are, are adding on throughout the years. But uh, yeah, we have... Um, around 5% uh, rotation in, in students, okay. in, uh, sorry, sorry, in teachers. Right. And, and are all your teachers formally trained? Yes. Or, or we, we usually tend to uh, hire teachers who are full IB trained and also IB experienced, um, right. even though we also offer uh, a lot of uh, training to the team uh, throughout the, their their time here in our in our school, IB training and uh, other type of, of training that uh, that we might find useful or that they themselves might find useful. Yeah, wonderful. And what about your staff to student ratio? What does that look like currently at the school? Yeah, currently, uh, we are about one to one to seven, one to eight. Right. Okay. And does that vary a lot through the school? Is it, is it uh, you know, um, a lot more stuff at the top end or the bottom end, or is that about the same uh, across the school? It's pretty stable, uh, both in, in student numbers and staff numbers. It's, it's pretty much 50-50 in, in, uh, in both buildings. Fantastic. Let's move now to the parents. Describe your parent body to us. Uh, what are they like? Who do they come from? And so we have 60 different nationalities of students. So parents, I would say we have uh, some, some <laughs> more. <laughs> um, so we have parents coming from all over the world, all different cultures, all different uh, backgrounds, all different religions. Um, it's a very, very multicultural community that we have here in our school. And, and that's very, very exciting. Um, right. Parents come from 
uh, all these different countries for work purposes, for just uh, lifestyle changes, for enjoyment, for retirement. It depends. It's very, very mixed. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a vibrant community and very multicultural. Wonderful. And, and what about parental involvement in the school? You mentioned that it was a flat organization. How do you actually involve your parents in, say, decision making? So we have a, a parent-teacher group, and a, which which is the official uh, parents uh, groups and parents representatives. Uh, there are several roles um, in 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 the, the in the PTG uh, where the, they interact with the school, depending on on what areas the uh, they want to to discuss or they want to talk to correspond hands or 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 so on. Um, we also have uh, grade reps. And so we have a representative for every grade. Every grade has a representative. A lot of times the representative collects all the feedback uh, from their group and then comes to meet with us, with the leadership team and the board, and we involve them uh, this way. We have been hearing always, we've always been super open, super transparent um, with, with, with our community. And yeah, we welcome all feedback, even if it hurts a little bit sometimes. <laughs> of the part of the process part of of, of growing and uh, and making making it better we need to understand the what the what what the families are feeling what they are enjoying what they would like to be done in a different way and see how we can accommodate that fantastic and what about parent involvement in student learning how is that fostered at your school so right now as we speak uh, we have our myp um, head is doing a, um, an, an assembly for parents. We have around 40 parents tonight that are with our MYP head understanding the assessment criteria of the MYP, which is a bit of a heavy topic. Right. Uh, and at the same time, um, we have our head of DP who is doing um, also a workshop for the parents. Last week, we had a Manage Back, which is our school platform. We had the Manage Back workshop that we did uh, online uh, for, the, for the parents. And so our involvement, obviously, we want the, the parents to be as involved as possible. Not all of the parents want to be um, as involved as we wish them to be, sure. but uh, there is space for that. Uh, however involved you want to be, uh, there, is, there is space for it. And, and often, uh, you know, the school is the center point for, especially for expatriates, uh, of their social and community uh, uh, life. How do you help uh, families integrate and become part of your school? Not just the students, but the mums and dads. How does that work? Yeah. So, um, well, we we have um, someone in our PTG who is responsible for that, and so is responsible for welcoming new families. We offer all the support when they arrive, even. Choosing houses, a lot of times we share contacts, even sometimes families come and they want to even to buy a car and they don't know who to talk to. So they talk to us and we have plenty of, of contacts. We know a lot of good people and, and we, we get everybody connected, put them in touch and, and see if they can support. So everything from accountants to lawyers, getting the house, getting a car, all of it. We don't do it for the parents, but we connect them with people that uh, are of our our trust and our circle and and so uh, they are successful in, in in helping the parents and then also we get them integrated very quickly in our community we have a lot of school events that we run and we always tell the parents school events is are the best uh, events to get to know other people so sure, of course integration no, it's really important and if i were at one of those events and uh 
um, having a chat with uh, parents, what would they say that they uh, liked most about your school, do you think? Yeah, I think what they would uh, like most about the school is, is the integration. Um, so having arrived, having been quickly integrated, uh, we hear that, we hear that a lot. Um, also something that they would also say is that they would be happy that uh, their kids are in school and enjoying their time in school and, and wanting to spend more time in school and coming in early in the morning in a, in a good mood to, to a full day of, of learning and discovering new experiences. Sure. And do you, do you survey your parents around their satisfaction levels? Or Yes, yes we do. Uh, right now, we are finishing our first term. This is also the longest one. Um, and so in the end of term one, um, closer to the, the, the winter break. Now we will launch the, the, the surveys for the families to, um, to, to, to share some feedback with us, some constructive yeah. feedback as well, uh, so that we can, we can understand, okay. Where and what kind of things does that data tell you last year, for example? Well, um, sometimes uh, related to areas of improvement in, in, in facilities, sometimes a little bit of equipment in certain, um, certain areas, um, sometimes intensity of, of, of the academic programs and their development. What, something that we understood is that a lot of the um, comments that we get, a lot of the feedback that we get is from parents not being so much integrated in in the 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 curriculum in the ib curriculum in the school community and this is why this year we are focusing much more on on providing these opportunities for parents right a lot of times i would say maybe miscommunication is is what brings these um these, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's famously a, a challenging area to get that mix right, isn't it? Between yeah. not being too intrusive, but, but showing that you want involvement. Um, it's a journey I think that many schools are on. Uh, let's turn now to the most important people in your school. That's not you, Miguel, that's the students. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, tell us about your student body. We already know how, where they come from. Uh, tell us a bit about them then. Yeah, so it's it's uh, around fifty different nationalities, a pretty even fifty-fifty split in in male and, and female, um, and yeah, we have very very interesting individuals here in our school. Uh, we are an inclusive school, so we also um, accommodate for some students with some degree of uh, special education needs. This is also right. something that we that we work on, uh, integrated in 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 the school and and in their and in their classroom and day to day routines. And so yeah, it's 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 a very mixed community of students, and um, and yeah, students who are some of them very academic uh, focused, others who are very sports focused, others who are very very into into arts and, and and music and creative arts, which is something that we have massively developed from last year to this year, and so yeah, it's it's a very interesting community, and it's good fun uh, every day working with with all these kids. Yeah, wonderful. And practically, how do you name your grades and your sections in the school? Um, uh, do you use a sort of uh, K through 12 uh, naming structure or do you use something else? Well, uh, we, you, we use two, two, two namings. Uh, so our official is, is um, PYP, MYP and DP. And so we go, if we look at the K, K-12 structure, let's say, grade one to five, PYP one to five, 
grade six to 10 is MYP one to MYP five, and then okay. grade 11 and 12 is DP one and DP two. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is this is the official. Um, That's how you how you name it. And in kindergarten, the little ones, um, they're yeah. just little ones. No, no, we had babies, <laughs> babies from four months old to one year old. Foundation one for the one year olds. Foundation two for the two years old. Then nursery for three years old. Kindergarten for four years old. And reception for five year olds. Wow. And then the <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, your approach to involving all those students in your community. Um, it's important to, to get parents involved, but it's also important to get students involved in decision making, for example. Yep. How do you go about that? Well, we have our student council, uh, which is very active. We have um, a couple of teachers who are helping the students run the student council and they're doing a great job. And this empowers the students a lot. It's obviously a, like a, a voluntary base. The students who want to represent the class have the, the opportunity to um, to do so uh, or, or, or to, to put in a position then to be elected by the rest of the students to, to, to represent them. And then the students themselves collect feedback. They meet weekly with the, the student council leaders and with the teachers as well. And so this way um, we, we can also get the students feedback and we also survey uh, the students, uh, of course, in, in, in middle school and high school. Um, we've been surveying them uh, about different topics. Uh, so yeah, we also get feedback in, in that way. Fantastic. And how do you get students to be really actively engaged in their own learning? What kind of things do you do in order to, to really uh, make students feel that it's their learning, not just something that happens to them? Yeah, well, we, our, our curriculum is very, very well uh, structured, let's say. And so everything is, is super connected. And actually, when you learn something in our school, and, and if, if, you, if we talk to our younger students and you ask them, okay, why you're in school? The answer is not just, okay, because I'm a student, I'm young and I go to school. That's what young people need to do. They actually understand what they are here for, why they are learning and how this connects to, to the real world and how everything is connected. Um, if starting from the primary year program, even starting from the three years old students or the two year old students, um, there is a clear connection between everything. And so the students, study, let's say, what they're doing in maths, they will understand that they can apply it in physics, they can apply it in music, they can even apply it in arts. And so they are not studying maths to pass the maths exam. They are studying maths because they can apply this in all these different um, areas and also in real life because everything that we do always has a direct connection to, to real case scenarios. And the same goes for English language and literature or um, social sciences or, or integrated uh, uh, sciences, or whatever the case might be, there's always a clear connection that something that we really want to take this away, that you are not studying this to pass an exam and move on to the next grade in the end of the year. You are doing this because learning this, you can apply it in different ways in school and most importantly, outside of school, because we want them to, to be able to use the, the tools. And so, first of all, they need to understand why they need the tools, then have the tools and then use them uh, in, in whatever way is fit. Fantastic. And what do your students love most about your school, do you think? If I were to ask a few of them, what do they really uh, value and treasure? Yeah, I mean, uh, their friends, most, most of all, I would say. Um, our school is... is uh, 
well, I, I was going to say big, but I don't know if it's big or small. It always depends on, on the perspective sure. of, 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 of that, that people have on what a big school is. But we have, we have a, a comfortable size, uh, around 700 students, a little bit under 700 students. Um, it feels small because it is very, very uh, familiar. So although we have a lot of students, it doesn't feel like we have a lot of students because it's, it's so familiar. Everybody knows each other. Everybody is there to help each other, to, to, to celebrate the other's successes, to, to help the others when, when things are not going so well. And so for sure, this is one of the things that the students like most about the school. Other thing that the students are very happy about is the different structure that we have uh, in terms of uh, building infrastructure. And so we move away from a traditional classroom, a traditional classroom concept, and we go into more innovative spaces, more open uh, spaces, uh, more common, like co-working spaces with different type of, of um areas for different profiles of students. So some spaces are more open, some spaces are more closed, some spaces are more formal, let's say, others are more lounge, others are more like for uh, movement, for agitated uh, uh, kids. And so, yeah, uh, the school is designed bearing in mind the curriculum that we have and the different profiles of students as well. And that's something that is uh, very valuable. Learn about the different sections of the school. Now let's talk a little bit about the school in detail, um, starting off with the youngest children uh, in the early years. You mentioned that you start really, really young. Uh, uh, how old is the youngest student uh, uh, with you, Amigay? The youngest student can be four months old in our school. Wow, wonderful. And how do you deal with that? How do you, uh, uh, how do you work with children that are so young? Yeah, so uh, four months old to, to one year old, we accept only eight uh, students and we always have two, uh, two adults, so two teachers working uh, with them. Uh, then they we have a, we have a full curriculum for them. Obviously, they are not learning uh, uh, technology <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and some sciences and so on. So we have, we have something which is created in a way to stimulate their motor and and cognitive um, development. And right. so it's it's designed around uh, that. Fantastic. So that's some four months to one year. Exactly. And then the next group, I guess, is one to twos, is it? Yeah, exactly. One to two and then two to three. And these ones, it's, it's a little bit continuing what we have, uh, we have, um, what we have started uh, earlier on. Uh, IB curriculum, officially accredited IB curriculum starts in three years old. So what we, had, right. we had to design uh, a curriculum based in the IB curriculum for the one and two years old. Right. And so okay. they have units of inquiry, they have everything like in the IB has, but we had designed it in, in a way that is adapted for that, uh, for that age. Wonderful. And let's talk a bit about those, you know, one to three-year-olds. Uh, what does a day look like for them? So, uh, well, they go from 8.30 to 3.30 in the afternoon here in school. So starting at 8.30 in the morning, have a couple, a couple of fun stuff in the morning. Then they have a, a morning uh, break where they have a snack and then they work a little bit more. Then they have lunch and then nap. And then in the end of the days, waking up, hygiene, getting everything together. And then sure. parents, some of them pick them up at 3.30 when school finishes. Others, 
uh, pick them up uh, later on if they have any after school activities or if they are taking part in any after school club. Okay. And so so for the the three to five year old group is the is the setup similar? I mean obviously they, they then move mm-hmm. into the PYP program. Um how does that uh, how does that work? So it's a very natural progression, uh, but there's a little change. Uh, it starts to become a little bit more structured. And so all the way the IB from the three years old all the way up to grade twelve, it always becomes more and more and more structured as the as the years go by. And so sure. yeah, three to five years old is already fully IB accredited and and with the full IB structure uh, with the interdisciplinary uh, themes and with the different units of inquiry. Right. And are these groups um, mixed age groups or are they um, single age groups? How does it work? Uh, well, you, usually single age group. So usually it will be one group for one year old, okay. one group for two, three, four and five are all single. And describe the physical space. If I were to walk in uh, to the area that the little ones are in, what would I see? Well, it depends the time of the day that you come in. Yeah, of course. Quiet. <laughs> Uh, after lunch, it's always very quiet. They're all sleeping, all quiet and dark. Um, during the day, it's very lively. Uh, they sure. also have a big outdoor playing area. They have a separate playing area from the, the other ones. So uh, up to four years old, they have one outdoor playing area. Five to ten years old in building one have another uh, playing area outside. And then we have different uh, schedules of, of, uh, of playtime and break time and outdoor time for, for them. Right. And and so the typical school day starts at eight thirty. Exactly. Um, and you mentioned after school care. Is there is there the possibility to stay on afterwards later? Yeah, yeah, it's there's possible to stay later and arrive earlier. So uh, we we open at seven thirty in the morning, and so some families leave the kids anywhere from seven thirty to eight thirty, and then in the afternoon we are open until six uh, thirty p.m. And so uh, also from three thirty to six thirty. You either can do some after-school activity and then stay for after-school care, or you can just fully stay for after-school care if you wish. Okay, understood. And and um, with the little ones, uh, parents are often uh, really uh, challenged by the idea of how they actually learn within a an IB context. You know, things like you know, how do you learn to read and write? Could you could you help us a little bit there with with the early development of those skills? Yeah, so we start at uh, four years old with uh, with those skills. I mean, we start a little bit earlier, but then it starts to become more structured in in the four years old, and then even even more. Uh, structured on the five years old and then usually beginning primary and in, in, in six years old in, in PYP1, they are already uh, up to speed and with, with, with reading and writing, obviously still right. developing it uh, quite a lot, but already have a, a pretty solid solid base. So yeah, we start with the with the four years old in this in this area. Right. And, and again, you know, um, many parents may be coming from a, a different educational background, a more traditional background. Um, could you help uh, parents maybe understand about play-based uh, learning, what that really is for the little ones? What what does uh, play mean in, in your context for the early years children? Yeah, so for us, I mean, learning through playing is, is, is a great way of, 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 of doing it for everybody, even for us adults, if, if we look at it. Uh, Completely. I still yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, is, is the best way to, 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 to do it and it's the best way to learn. And so we follow the same principles for the younger ones. 
a lot of times uh, we we want them to to play and 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 to, and to mess around with with real stuff. And so we even have a music class for our babies, let's say for four month old babies. Uh, and music class, obviously, we are not teaching them an instrument, but instead of just having music playing for them in the class, we have our teacher who's in there with the guitar uh, or with the drums, and they can go there and even touch it and feel it and so on. And so this helps develop a lot. Not just the music skills, but then all the all cognitive and motor skills uh, are are developed with, with this type of activities. The same with arts; um, it, it's a very very hands-on, a very uh, playful um, uh, type of of class that, of arts that we have. Library as well. We have our librarian. At this age, they don't go to the library, but the, our librarian goes uh, to the to the class with a selection of. Of, of materials to work with them, even to tell them these stories and so on. And, and so they start from an early age, having very different specialist teachers, always with the classroom teacher in the class, of course, because this is their most familiar face. And, and yeah, all of this helps a lot, even uh, in the social development of the, of the students as well. It's a big, big uh, plus. Wonderful. And let's get down to, to the more difficult subject, the, uh, the fees for, for uh, uh, little ones. Everything has to be paid for. What are we looking at roughly in terms of uh, the annual costs for, for a student um, in the different areas of the early years? Yeah, exactly. As you said, everything has to be paid for and, and we offer a lot. And so the sure. fees end up matching with, with, with the service that, that, that we offer. Um, so enrollment fees, tuition fees, and food with everything included, we would look at uh, around uh, 14,000 euros to, to 15, 16,000 euros from babies up to five years old. Okay. And that includes uh, food provision and... Yeah, yeah, that would include food, uh, all materials in school for the younger ones, everything from diapers uh, and, and any consumable, let's say, sure. all of it is included in, in this yeah okay and uh let's talk a little bit about food actually um we haven't mentioned it for the little ones how do you structure a food uh, do they go off to a, a cafeteria or does the food come to them uh, up to three years old the food comes to them starting four years old they start uh walking to the cafeteria with the teachers with the team and 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 get uh, are still served at the table at this point fantastic so let's move on now to the primary, the elementary school, um, starting off with PYP1 and going up. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, that's this section of your school, how many students are in the section um, and, uh, you know, a bit about the makeup. Yeah, so PYP1 to, to PYP5, so we have around 250 um, students. Right. Um, and, and, so, and so, yeah, we have two classes of each uh, grade level okay uh, in some of them we have three classes uh in smaller in smaller groups right and what kind of class size uh are we talking about here uh we, if we have two classes we will go up to 20 students per class always with two teachers in the class if we are doing three classes we might do 17 students uh, in each uh, in each understood group. but 20 is the maximum is it 
Yeah, 20 should, should be the maximum. Let's say that we have uh, a, a group which is working very well and, and it's, uh, has a very good connection with the teacher, is, is working very well in the class, and we have students in waiting lists, we might consider adding, adding one more student or something like this. But right. also, the other way around, if we see that it is a challenging group, we might cap it in 18 students or something like this. So okay. it, it, it's a, it, we usually aim for 20 students per class, although it's pretty dynamic. Okay, great. And um, describe the facilities that uh, uh, the uh, PYP students uh, enjoy. Yeah, so in, in building one, we have two floors, one for early uh, primary and the other one for, for, for um, older primary. Um, grade one and two are in the, the, the base floor. And then in the first floor, we have uh, a full space for grade three, four and five. And so grade three has their own section, grade four has their own section and grade five has their own section. Then each of these sections are open uh, working spaces with individual working space, group working space, group working space in an open area and in a closed area, and also a, a bit of space for a more like lounge uh, play-based uh, learning. Sure. And does every student have their own working space or are those flexibly used? Yeah, they're very flexible. Uh, every class, every grade level has their own working space. Nice. Uh, and then, uh, so well, three, for example, grade three, we have three classes. They have one working space for the three of them. And then, but where, what place they use varies a lot during the day and, and, and these. Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, and, um, a typical day for these students, what would it look like? Yeah, so these students start at 8.30, finish at 3.30 in the right. afternoon. And so they, they have some classes in the morning, then a morning uh, break for snack, um, then a couple more classes one hour break for lunch and, and playing around a little bit, and then uh, two more classes and then they're off. So either they go home or stay in school or do other uh, after school activity. Okay. And um, describe what, you know, if I were to walk into one of those classes, what would I see? Uh, because many parents, I'm sure, were thinking of a class as, you know, students sitting in a row with a teacher at the front um, telling the kids what's happening. I, I don't think that's happening in your school, is it? Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Our, ours, we have, um, uh, our structure is very much like student-led. And so it's not the, the traditional teacher-led uh, classroom. So being project-based, uh, it's it's uh, more effective to have it student-led, uh, teacher-guided, let's say, but student-led. So if, if you walk in, into one of these spaces, again, depending what type of work they are doing, it will either be a bit more busy or more, or more quiet. But you have students working in all these different spaces. We use all the, all the, all the different spaces that we have. Uh, we have, we'll have students working in an individual uh, space on a balcony and next to the windows, enjoying the, the view. We have others uh, sitting on a table on a yoga ball so they, they can move around a little bit. We have others uh, shoes off in our lounging area. We have others in this amphitheater or in the closed area. And so you see a lot of different students, uh, a lot of different cultures that you can spot immediately and different profiles working in, in different ways. So again, you know, a, a question from a parent perspective: How can you know what they're learning if they're all over the place and uh, and, and doing different things? How does a teacher actually uh, understand uh, what learning is going on? Well, it's it's uh, it's always uh, project 
basin. So there's always an end to what they are doing. And in the end of the day, they need to show the results. Um, and, and so the teacher will, will let them know what the task is for the day or what the task is for this hour. Uh, you are free to work wherever you want. You are free to go wherever is more comfortable for you. But by the end of uh, the class or, or, or the period or the morning, uh, you need to bring this result to me. And okay. so then again, we have two teachers, always a teacher and a teaching assistant per group of 20 students. And so even though they are broken down, they are broken down into uh, different groups and different areas. And so we are able to monitor everything uh, and to provide support to the ones who, who need it. Right. And do you, um, you know, in terms of skills development, so this, does the students do well in that regard, in that environment? Yeah, yeah, they are uh, overdeveloping, I would say. Uh, and so when when you are working in this way, it's it's not just an academic uh, thing that happens. It's not just the memory development, uh, or or it's not just learning about something. It's it's developing other type of skills, developing a lot of time management, uh, social skills, working with different people, um, working under pressure, having deadlines, uh, and so self organization, responsibility a lot. And, and, and trust uh, is, is developed in this way. And so actually this works uh, very, very well uh, and works better than a, a content-based uh, teacher-led approach, I would say. Okay. And uh, again, fees uh, for this section, uh, what are we looking at uh, yeah, approximately? So fees here anywhere from 16,000 all included uh, all the way up to 20,000. Okay. Understood. And um, and that too includes food. I guess they go to the cafeteria um, and uh, that's included. Uh, what's the food like, by the way? Well, the food is, is, is very good in our school. It's not the, it's not the traditional uh, school, <laughs> what, we, what we know. As not the stuff I grew up with. Uh, no, <laughs> the stuff I grew up with for sure as well. We work with, with a very good team in the kitchen. We have our kitchen on site, so everything that we do, is freshly prepared in school. Everything that we serve the students is prepared by our team as well. So quality control is is really really exploited here. Um, and uh, yeah, we serve three different menus every day. We have fish, vegetarian, and meat. Uh, we have a, a salad bar with two salads that are already made, and then ingredients for you to make your own salad, different soup every day, and then fruits for uh, for dessert. So it's it's a big um, it's it's very diverse. And, uh, and yeah, there's plenty of options. There's always something uh, for everybody's taste. Fantastic. Um, and so if I'm popping by to see you, I'll make sure I come by at lunchtime, eh? Yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, Got to stop now. So let's move on to uh, NYP and DP now. Uh, obviously, they're your older students. And you mentioned earlier they're in a different building. Yeah, exactly. They're in our, our, our second building, uh, which we, we transformed a couple of years ago. Right. And uh, tell us about the students in that section. Uh, um, you know, uh, same sort of class sizes? Yep, around, around the same class sizes, around 20, 20 students. But here they don't have two teachers per class anymore. And so right. here, uh, as, as it starts becoming more academic focused, we already did a lot of work with most of these students who, who are transitioning uh, building and transitioning uh, programs. And so, yeah, the expectations are clear uh, from the beginning. And so 
um, it starts to become more academic uh, in this year, especially closer to the middle, upper MYP, getting into the DP, it starts to become more academic and, and more uh, open. Uh, uh, and so um, it, we go on from having units of inquiry in PYP to having integrated humanities and integrated sciences. And then later on, we have humanities and physics, chemistry, and biology. And so the curriculum starts opening up and getting more specific as the students uh, are progressing. Okay, so let's drill into that a little bit for the middle years uh, students. Um, you mentioned integrated uh, learning. What does that look like? And how do, how do students uh, learn within that, that structure? Well, so uh, in, in, in these integrated uh, subjects, it's it's bundling a little bit uh, different different topics into into one core subject. So let's say we have integrated science, which is composed by physics, chemistry, and biology, and we do not differentiate. It's all integrated sciences. Then once they get to grade nine, it starts to open up into these different sections, so they can try and have a taste of everything before they make the big choices in the end in the in the DP. And so our our goal is to provide the the more uh, possible experiences to the students and so they can make informed uh, uh, choices once uh, we get to the point where we need to make these serious choices and stick with them for, for two years in the DP. So and in the middle years program, uh, is the structure of learning similar to that of the PYP? Um, it, it, it changes a little bit. It becomes a bit more structured. And so it becomes different type of goals, different assessment uh, uh, criteria. Uh, it's graded in a different way. And, and we go more in depth into understanding the, the knowledge of, of, of the student and understanding how the student uses this knowledge that, that he has uh, been accumulating. Right. But in terms of activity, you can expect project-based learning to be continued, is that right? Yeah. Project-based learning is the core of, of the school and is, in general, a lot of what the DIB also, also stands for. It's, okay. it's very difficult to, to run, especially as the years go by and as they become more uh, uh, older, mature, and it starts to become a bit more challenging to match a high uh, academic focus program with project-based learning, uh, but yeah, it's part of the fun. It is, and let's let's talk then about the final two years. You you mentioned uh, academically rigorous. Obviously, the IB diploma is uh, probably acknowledged as the most uh, academically rigorous program uh, around. How do you help students be successful in in that realm? Yeah, well, um, we, 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 we say to the students, and I personally have spoken with the students, and, and I have told them, I did the DP myself and, uh, uh, some, some moons ago. And so going, going back to it, um, it's, it's a matter of um, organization, responsibility, and, and, and mental structure, rather than knowledge of a specific uh, topic or subject, because although they are very academically challenging, I would say that the DP is very uh, personally challenging. Uh, it's not, uh, we don't want to know in which year did the Second World War finish, because that is, I mean, we go on Google, we type it, and in, in five seconds, we know the year. What we want to know is 
How do you see the end of the Second World War, for example, and what could have been changed to have a different outcome? Okay, so here it's it's more different type of skills that, that the students have to develop, which is not just uh, academic skills, um, getting knowledge in, in, their, in their brains and then uh, spelling it out in, in an exam. And so this is something that we have to work on and something that we want to make the students aware is that, of course, it's important to, to be on top of all this academic uh, um, procedure, but there's a lot of personal development that goes into completing a, a successful uh, DP. It does indeed. And, and what about um, managing student behavior? How does the school sort of approach that, um, you know, in terms of uh, making sure everyone's doing what they should be doing? Yeah, well, the, the expectations are pretty clear. The rules are pretty clear as well. There are some things which are to uh, tolerable, some things that can happen once or twice, some things that can never happen. And we are pretty strict on that. And, and the students know. And, and we, we don't enforce uh, a fair culture in the school. Um, we enforce a respect culture in the school. And respect and trust, it, it, it's, it's pretty easy. The more you give, the more you get. Uh, and so that's something that we, we focus on, on, on working with the students is getting them to earn the trust and earn the respect that they need to give back. Um, and so uh, it's, it's pretty clear we don't, I mean, it's a school, you know, so there's always this type of, of, of fussing around that happens. Nothing, nothing too serious. Sure. Um, and <laughs> Nothing, nothing too serious, nothing that we need to get uh, uh, super uh, upset about. Uh, but yeah, there's always this, this daily stuff that happens. Uh, but in general, it's a very positive, uh, a very positive environment, a very positive, very happy environment and a very friendly environment as well. Great. And what about transitions from school to university? How do you help uh, students uh, in that regard? Yeah, so we have a, a couple of partners that we work with um, who help us uh, with that, with some placements uh, and so on. But most, the more important part is what we do in-house. So we try and do everything in-house as much as possible. Right. We have our, our career counselor who starts working with students from uh, grade 10, sometimes even identifying students a little bit earlier on in grade 9 and NYP4. Um, we want them to start uh, having support of our career counseling team, understanding their interests, understanding where they excel or where they would like to excel. Um, because sometimes um, there's this little push that we need to give. And our team gives very, very um, solid support to, to all our students because also in, in the DP, so let's say the DP goes up to 45 points. We say that, okay, students can get to 40 points on their own, 41 points, 42 points on their own. The difference from those who do 40 points and those who are doing 44, 45 points is the support of the school and, and, and how the school can help push you. And so that's what we want to do. We want to identify these students that are getting there. So, okay, well, how can we give them a little push um, uh, so that they can sail through it with the, the wind from, uh, from behind? <laughs> and where do your students go? Have you, um, how many graduating classes have you had? Yeah, we've had one. one okay. That's and, where, one and where did they all head off to? Uh, pretty mixed. It was a small group. We had sure. a small group because it was the first group of grade 10 when we opened, went only up sure. to grade 10. And then that group followed for 11 and 12. So it was a cohort of seven students. Now we have a cohort of 
um, 23 students this year and then 30 students the, the, the next one. So it grows as, as, as with, the, with the years going by. Uh, but it was, it was quite mixed. Uh, Portuguese universities and uh, international universities in Europe. Um, so UK and, and, and uh, European Union. Uh, this year we have a bigger group. We have different type of, uh, of taste and, and a little bit of everything. Some students also wanting to join uh, uh, universities in the United States. And so, yep, our team has been working with them for, for the last years and giving a final push this year. Explore all the other things that happen at this school. Let's talk now about all the other stuff, uh, the stuff that's uh, really important for students, the co-curricular, the extracurricular activities. What does the school offer in terms of uh, trips and excursions, perhaps, or sports? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so we have a, a lot of different uh, opportunities for students to get involved in, in, in the sports parts, and usually the trips and the sports are connected. And so we have our own teams of football, uh, basketball and volleyball. They are quite competitive. They are um, winning a lot of stuff and they are also um, setting up the right mood in, in the tournaments, which for us is more important than, 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 uh, sure. than winning. Um, so we have girls and boys um, f uh, teams and, and some are, boys are more competitive in football. Girls are very competitive in, in volleyball. Uh, boys are also quite competitive on, on basketball and trips are usually connected to these. And so our students have traveled to uh, Madrid uh, already to Spain uh, this year. They traveled to the UK as well. They are going to um, Turkey uh, this year. And so we, we try to provide these different type of experiences. We also have um, other, other type of, of trips which occur in more intellectual, let's say, uh, part of the curriculum sure. so we do the uh, MUN so we are a part of the model United Nations we have our students going to the north of Portugal this year and also going to Greece to uh, Athens um, for for the the MUN and Fantastic. so there's also the, the opportunity to get involved in, in this Right. And what about um, after school activities? You mentioned you've obviously got a, a, a big uh, after school care program. What kind of things do students get up to uh, mm -hmm. when formal school finishes? Yeah. So our starting from our, our most famous is uh, skateboarding. Uh, we have our, our skate park in school in, in, in middle school. We are now developing some features of, of a new skate park for the primary school because we also have a lot of interest there. We have mm -hmm. around 60 students enrolled in, in, in skate classes after school. So besides using the skate park in the breaks, they want to, to get better and, and develop their skills in this area. We also do uh, paddle uh, tennis. Uh, we do uh, normal uh, tennis. We do uh, volleyball, basketball, um, football. Uh, we do horseback riding, surf, uh, dancing, the ballet, contemporary dances. And then we have others which are not. So uh, we do golf. Golf is also a, a growing one. And we do sailing. Sailing is also a, a very fun one. That uh, sounds good to me. And then we have others which are not so sporty, um, a bit more intellectual. So we have the journalism club, media and photography club, uh, sports um, studies. Uh, we have uh, different, different, different options, game sure. design 
development, coding and robotics. It's it's just on and on. Fantastic. And are they costing additionally or, or are they part of the package? Some of them are, some of them aren't. It, it depends. Okay, great. Find out what this school believes about specific topics. So let's talk now about, um, you know, some important overriding areas that are particular interest to parents. Um, we mentioned student behaviour and the emphasis on, on, on wanting to take a positive approach, uh, which is really important. Um, what about homework? Uh, how does homework uh, uh, treated at the school? Yeah, so <clears throat> again, different throughout the different programs. In PYP, uh, there is not uh, too much of it. It's being very project-based. Uh, the homework would be more uh, preparing for projects, doing some research, um, preparing some exhibitions and, and or presentations uh, that the students might have. Starting in MYP, it gets a little bit more intense, getting more into academic, uh, into more academic uh, focused program. Uh, we don't have a, 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 a clear policy of everyday homework or no homework at all. So we try to have it balanced. We try to do as much work possible in school. Sometimes they need to take some stuff to do at home. Okay. And But further up the school, um, uh, I guess, uh, at the top end of MYP and DP, you can expect a, a fair amount of work at home. Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, there's, there's a, I mean, it's not homework. It's just work sure. that needs to be done. And so you need to find your time to, to do the work and, and to start organizing your time. Even in, in RDP, we have a lot of study periods in school. And so we, we usually tell students, uh, if you use them wisely, uh, not that that's all you need, but that's part of that's a big part of of, of the of the program. Um, okay. So, yeah. And what about attendance? Um, for many expatriate parents, uh, you know, life is complicated. Um, you know, family uh, issues, needs to travel, whatever. What's your position on on attendance for students? Well, so we we have we have um, we have limits uh, that we can accept. Obviously, again. Being, being a family-based school, uh, we understand these things and there are some stuff that, that needs to be done. Sometimes people need to travel for family events or whatever. We are not going to discuss uh, with them if their cousin's wedding in Bulgaria is important or not. <laughs> it is what it is. We have family ourselves. Again, it's a family-based thing and so we know how it is. Uh, just, I mean, try, try to, to keep... To, to keep up, let us know in advance so that our team can prepare things uh, so that you don't stay behind. And then we have support clubs that we run uh, here in school every week, uh, almost every day. And so if you eventually fall behind in something, we're here to support. Fantastic. And moving on from there, you know, when, when students do need support, perhaps with well-being or, or, you know, they're not feeling brilliant or transitioning. Uh, yeah. What kind of support do they get uh, at school? Yeah, so we have different types of support. We have academic support, so pure academic support, uh, which is never pure academic because, again, the teachers create a good relationship sure. with the students. And so uh, you don't need to – it's not only the psychologist who, who takes care of, uh, of students' uh, personal issues. Um, but, yeah, we have more academic-focused uh, support groups. And then we also have our well-being team there where we have people who are more focused on uh, cognitive, psychological, uh, emotional uh, type of supports. Right. Um, and, and 
In terms of the learning support, what if a student has a specific learning difficulty? You mentioned that you were relatively inclusive when it comes to accepting students. How do you support them to be successful? Yeah, well, we have a team um, that that is with working with these students, uh, receiving individual learning programs or creating individual learning programs from scratch. Because many times uh, parents are not aware of, of learning and difficulties that these students uh, have or, or even special needs that these students might have. And so our team is also uh, here to identify these and, and, to, and to help create specific programs that help them um, achieve the success that they deserve um, and that they are able to uh, as well. And so, yeah, our team works, works with the leadership team. Uh, the well-being team works with the leadership team to help identifying these students and help defining strategies. And then we also train our uh, teaching team so that they themselves have these extra tools uh, that they can use in the class for classroom management sometimes, and also to, to deliver uh, the same content to different people in a different way. And so this is differentiated learning and, and it, it's, it's a big challenge. It's something where we invest a lot in training as well. Great. Find out about all the practical stuff you need to know. Let's move on now to the practical things around school. Is there a dress code? Uh, yes, uh, we have um, we have a uniform here in our school, although it is a very casual uniform. So you need to bring your own jeans um, or girls can bring uh, skirts. Boys can bring shorts as well, as long as they are according to standards. Uh, jeans just normal dark jeans, not ripped, not with patterns, just the plain, plain, comfortable jeans uh, and, and black sneakers as well. Some of the students sometimes like to bring uh, like branded sneakers with the white uh, Nike thing or Vans or something like that. That's totally fine with us. It just has to be black with white and not white with black. Okay. Um, yeah, but also this gives a little bit of freedom of the students also to add their own style, to be themselves. Some students prefer more skinny jeans, some students prefer more baggy jeans. And so we, we give them the opportunity also to have their own style here. Then we provide them a polo shirt, a gray uh, hoodie, and then a big blue puff jacket for the, for the winter. And then we have our sports uniform. Uh, which again, from head to toe, it's a, a full sports uniform. You can use long uh, sports uh, tracksuit or, or shorts uh, right. with a specific uh, sports t-shirt and a hoodie as well. Okay. And, and uh, parents, when they arrive uh, getting hold of these clothing, do you supply it or do they have to go somewhere else? No, we do everything here in school. So we try and make it as comfortable for parents as possible. You arrive on the day that you arrive, you can pick up the uniform and you're good to go. Fantastic. Fantastic. And you mentioned food provision. Um, uh, is it included in the cost? The, 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 the food? Yeah. Uh, no, there's, there, I mean, we, we include it. Uh, it is included in the pack. There's a different, there's a specific cost for it. So, okay. uh, well, basically it's, it's kind of compulsory that students eat, uh, eat the food, but we just, in, in a transparent way, and that's why we do it. We separate it in, in the cost bracket, but sure. it's something that you need to you need to go through that. Unless and do all students um, uh, have take food, or are there opportunities for packed lunch or lunches well, from home? We we try and avoid those, and so even even specific um, 
if there are specific dietary requirements, we usually can accommodate for all of them. Uh, right. Just if there's something that is like in super specific, like for example, kosher diet, we cannot accommodate for that one. Uh, okay. All the rest, basically everything we can accommodate, gluten-free, uh, dairy-free, all of these, we have options for this. And if not, we will even make specific options. And it's just for a matter of um, having things more uniform. We want to everybody to, to be part of, of, of the same experience and of, the, of, this, of this community. And so not having, because we promote a healthy lifestyle, we promote a, um, healthy choices in even on the menus. And so we want to extend this to all the community and not have a big disparity with students bringing packed lunches uh, that, that are not uh, with what we with, uh, are not on in line with what we are offering. Sure. I understand. And what about busing? The transport, do you offer a, a bus service? We have, we have our own transportation uh, service that we provide internally as well. And we offer this service. It's a door-to-door pickup service in right. most areas, uh, pickup and drop-off. Right. And, um, of course, that's an additional cost depending on how far away you are? Uh, no, it's, it's pretty standard. It's, it's the same cost for wherever uh, it is. Okay, so fixed fee. Uh, yeah. for the busing service. And how many families, uh, do most families use the busing services? Or? In, uh, in, in a little bit less than 700 students, we have uh, like 110 students using our, our transportation. We should have other 20 students using public transportation and the big majority parents drive them to school. Okay, there's a, a drop-off. And is drop-off easy or is it uh, a traffic jam uh, uh, in the no, mornings? No, we've managed to, 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 to work around it. Uh, we've managed to work around it. We created these docks where you can, um, like a valet parking where you can come, drop off and continue. And so it, it's, uh, it's pretty... It's it's pretty pretty easy. We have fifteen minutes in the morning, fifteen minutes in the afternoon when it's a bit more intense. But most of the times, it's it's pretty pretty soft. Okay, and do you offer holiday programs um, either in the summer or in in, in the winter holidays? Yeah, we do. We have um, different programs, uh, even in the midterm breaks, we offer a couple of different programs in school for primary years. And then there are a couple of travel options for the, for the middle school um, and high school students. And in summer, we have summer camp for the whole month of uh, July. Okay. And schools, uh, students can choose to join that camp, uh, I guess. Uh, uh, is it open to others as well? Yes, a lot of times uh, when families are still thinking about it, they arrive in, in June, should they come to sharing school or not? We say, okay, try a week in our summer camp and give your kid the experience of a week. It's obviously not a, a week of classes, uh, but uh, give it the experience for a week and, and, and let, them, let them decide. Great. Discover how much everything is going to cost. So we've spoken a bit about money already, um, the cost of studying. Let's drill into the um, additional fees uh, uh, that may be around there. Uh, when I apply, is there, a, is there an application fee and an enrollment fee? Uh, there's an enrollment fee. So we don't, we don't charge to, 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 to for, for, for the application. Uh, we don't charge to, to analyze it. We just, uh, I mean, we'll analyze it. Happy to do so. Our team will... Uh, go ahead into understanding if the school is a good fit for the new family or not. And then when a decision is made, if the decision is no, then perfect, uh, all the best. If the decision is yes, then we go into the fee part. Sure. And, and 
so what kind of um, costs can I expect as a parent? Do you do you ask for a deposit or? Yeah, enrolling now. Let's say enrolling now for the for the uh, year starting in September twenty three, um, you would have to pay the uh, enrollment fee, which is one thousand two hundred euros, and then the first term of tuition, um, which would have to be guaranteed now as well, uh, which depends on the on the grade levels. Oh, this yeah, is uh, we, well, yeah. We want to uh, also have a commitment from the families. Uh, again, international schools are, are uh, pretty expensive all over the world. IB schools are, are the fees are pretty standard, more or less, uh, all over the world. And um, yeah, we don't want to run into this risk of, of parents that pay the enrollment fee in different schools. And then when they arrive, choose which one they want. So we want to hold them to their commitments. And, and we are also held to the commitment. Indeed. Okay, that's good. And what about um, examination costs, uh, say, at the diploma level? Uh, do you pass them on or do you uh, include them in the base fee? We include them in the fees. Okay. And and I think I've neglected to actually ask about the uh, fees for uh, the older students. Uh, could you tell us about the fees for middle years and, uh, and diploma years? So middle years, grade, grade six starts uh, from all-inclusive food and enrollment and so on, let's say around the, the 20, 20, 21,000, all the way up to 25,000, and then 26 to 20, 27,000 in the um, DP, all-inclusive. So all exams, everything is, is included in, in this. Right, great. And um, learning support and those programs, are they additional or are they included? Uh, uh, they're included. Right, okay. And and after school activities, uh, depending on what they are, I guess, uh, uh, there might be an additional fee, uh, depending exactly. depending if you're flying to Greece um, or, or whether it's down the road. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, 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 for sure. That's 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 exactly it. Some some are included, some are. And what about any fee reductions? Uh, are there any ways of uh, 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 obtaining a fee reduction? Maybe. Um, if you've got uh, two or three kids or four kids at the school, how does that work? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly how it works. So uh, there's a sibling discount policy that we run. Uh, if you have one student, you don't have any discount. If you have two students or two kids in the school, then it's 10% discount on each. If you have three, it's 15 on each. If you have four, it's 20 on each and up to up to 25%. Okay. That's pretty generous, actually, uh, compared with other schools. Uh, again, probably in line with that idea of a family, uh, I guess. Exactly. Learn about the admissions process and how to secure a place. So, Abigail, you've convinced me I want to come, I want to bring my child uh, to your school. Could you give us uh, an information and a quick overview of uh, the admissions process? Yeah, so we, we want our admission process to be as efficient as possible. And we, we do it, uh, we want also to, to, to put the timeline in the parents' hands and not in our hands. And so for us, we do it as quickly as the parents want it to be done. Uh, we follow all of the procedures, but... It's, it can be quick or it can be not as quick, depending on the parents. Um, and so uh, through our website, um, you can inquire. There's apply now buttons uh, in every page. Uh, while you are navigating through the website, you'll be directed to our open apply page, which is the platform that we use. Parents register interest there. 
as uh, and then usually on the same day we get back to them giving them a generic information of the schools and what are the fees that they can expect for this grade level and suggest them either to come and visit the school for a personal tour seeing the school working day to day um, or having a zoom call uh, with them to go through this then right. we require some some documentation that we need to collect so past um, academic um, reports and so on, just so that we can check if there is an academic uh, progress throughout the years. And uh, and then after that, uh, usually within 24 hours, we give a, a, a reply to the parents if they are admitted in school or not. Um, and then, um, yeah, after that, it's it's up to them how fast they want to go. But no. the, the, for us, we, we can do everything in 24 hours. Okay. And is there a testing requirement? Do you test students to come no. in? Our policy is not to test everybody who walks through the door. And so what we do is we um, talk to the parents. We want to understand more the parents. We want to understand if, if this family is a good fit for our school. Because a lot of times people want innovation. People want a different school. But then they get here and, okay, it's not this different. It was just like a little sure, bit exactly. Um, and so, yeah, we want to understand that uh, and we want the parents to understand the school. Uh, we don't want these miscommunications uh, happening. And so, um, yeah, we don't test the, the students right away. We speak with the family, speak with the parents. Expectations are aligned. And then, okay, send the, send the reports over. Taking a look at the reports, let's say if we see a student is this super high achieving student, there's no need to test the student. We can see from his past three years that he's been always acing it. And so, okay, there's an offer. Or uh, if we see that as a student that is struggling, we can do a placement assessment. A placement assessment is not just to see if you can join the school or not, because if you have the right profile, uh, you can join the school. Uh, you might not be able to join the school in grade nine if this is what you want. Right. So what we do is a placement assessment. From there, we see and we can say, okay, it would be good to join grades eight, do a okay. grade eight again, have a solid grade eight to move on to have a solid grade nine, 10, 11, and 12. So there is that flexibility around uh, grade placement that exactly. you reserve the right there. What about students who've been uh, advanced already uh, beyond their allocated age? Uh, how do you deal with that? Yeah, so uh, again, similar. Uh, if, 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 we, if, if we have a student that is scoring um, at a very high level um, uh, through his past, and uh, you know, let's say the parents already tell us, okay, this is a student who is uh, gifted or who is a very, very high achiever, uh, and we want to bump him up one year. And okay, for the legal uh, uh, status in Portugal uh, allows for that. It's okay. a matter of looking at our internal procedures. And so, okay, the only way to know it is assessing it. So let's do a placement assessment. And if uh, everything is, is, is rock and roll, then we are good to, to move him up to the next level. Let's sum everything up. So thank you so much for all of that, Miguel. Um, before we finish, um, uh, I'd like to ask you what you love most about your school. Yeah, so, okay, that's an interesting question. Uh, obviously, <laughs> uh, everything, but uh, well, what is what is it that is more um, exciting about the school is is 
seeing the kids enjoying their time in school, uh, seeing their, the, the, the students arriving in the morning um, in, in a good mood, happy. We have our, our doorman here in building too. Danny, he's always at the door singing. We do these funky Fridays where we always have music at the door. And so when you come in, it's already a lively environment. And, and so the staff, the parents and the students, seeing everybody enjoying all the work that we put in um, is, is, is very, very satisfying. And, and it's, it's very, very satisfying. And the favorite part is when, when families, the students and, and the staff understand the essence of the school and share it uh, with us. And so Fantastic. That's, that's our thing. Wonderful. I'd like to thank you today, Miguel. It's been a great pleasure to meet you. And, uh, you know, um, hopefully one day I'll be able to come by. Uh, do you have any words of advice for families who are uh, looking at moving? Um, uh, should they prioritise visiting the school? Uh, if possible, it's always good. It's always good. I mean, uh, the, my main advice would be if you, if you want to come to uh, Portugal, to any international school, book your place well in advance. Don't land here in, 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 in July or in June wanting a, wanting a vacancy for uh, September. Uh, and so again, if you have the opportunity to be in Portugal now and visit the school, perfect. If not, let's catch up on Zoom, uh, get all the information that you want. Again, we are super open. So it's not just speaking with the admissions, it's speaking to myself, it's speaking to our academic leadership team, it's speaking to a career counselor if you need. If you want to meet everybody in the school, we'll make sure that you can Zoom everybody in the school. Uh, but don't leave a decision to be made later on because there will not be any vacancy. And this happens every year, time and time again. Families arriving that we've spoken in November and then they arrive in, in June. Okay, perfect. We love it. We want it. Well, but now it's full. Indeed. Uh, and it's, it's very unfortunate. We hate being in that position. Uh, and so we always tell parents, as soon as possible, do it. If you can visit, perfect. If you can't, don't worry. Let's talk via Zoom. We'll be able to to pass on the, the main points to you. And, and yeah, hope for the Thank best. Thank you. Thank you so much, Miguel. Thank you very much, Neil. Pleasure talking to you. Hi, see you. We hope you found your perfect school today. Thank you so much for being with us today. And please don't forget to subscribe and share the School Selector podcast.